For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, the Shekinah. This is part six of the series. From the Zohar of Exodus, section two, page 216b, we have a, another very important concept of exile and redemption. And it is this, when the Shekinah is in exile, which also means when Israel is in exile, there is no union between the upper and the lower worlds. Now, let us understand what Yeshua explained to his disciples, taught his disciples how we are to pray. Matthew, in chapter 6, verse 9, Yeshua taught, After this manner pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so when his kingdom comes, that is when his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When his will is done on earth as it is in heaven, there is a union between the upper and the lower worlds. So when Israel is in exile, when the Shekinah is in exile, then there is no union between the upper and the lower worlds. So from the Zohar, after the recital of Hero Israel, we have to recite the section containing the mention of the exodus from Egypt, Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 41. For the reason that the Shekinah was in the Egyptian exile, and as long as she is in exile, there is no union between the upper and and the lower worlds. With that background, we now can understand John chapter 12 in verse 28, where it is written, Father, glorify your name. Then came a voice or a bot coal from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. So Father, glorify your name. I've already done it. Father, glorify your name. I will do it again. So when does glory come to the name of the God of Israel. It's when he redeems his people from exile. So he did receive glory by delivering his people out of Egypt. And this happened at the sea, Exodus in chapter 15. He will receive glory again when Messiah gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel, wherein 
there is the singing of the Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb. Let's see how the name of the God of Israel was glorified with the defeat of Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. We look at Exodus in chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, as it is written. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And the King James says, and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Where the phrase here, I will prepare him a habitation. The Hebrew here is the Strong's number 5115. The Hebrew word is Nava. And the meaning of Nava is to beautify. In the art scroll, Sidor, on page 79, this is the Orthodox Jewish prayer book, referencing Exodus in chapter 15, it says, This is my God, and I will build him a sanctuary, the God of my Father, and I will exalt him. Another translation of this is, I will beautify or glorify him, from the Hebrew word Nava. This same thought is expressed in the book, The Wisdom in the Hebrew Alphabet, by Rabbi Monk, on page 93. Quoting from Exodus 15, verse 2, This is my God, and I will glorify him. And so we see that in Exodus 15, with the defeat of Pharaoh and his army, the God of Israel received glory. Looking at John chapter 12, verse 28, I have glorified it. That's the historical Egyptian redemption. And I will glorify it again. And this comes about with the gathering and uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. And it brings glory to his name. His name is yod Hey vav Hey, often pronounced Yahweh. Israel is exiled so that the Messiah may be glorified. We can see this from Isaiah chapter 44, verse 23, as it is written. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. That's the gathering uniting of the twelve tribes of Israel. And look what this is associated with. And glorified himself in Israel. Isaiah chapter chapter 49, verse 3. And he said unto me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. So the glorification of the name of the God of Israel comes about when he redeems Jacob, when he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the understanding of John chapter 12 in verse 28. Now it's explained in the Sinchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 2, page 957, that that the kingly Messiah, Messiah ben David, he will gather the exiles of Israel. What purpose will the royal Messiah come and what will he do? He will come to assemble the exiles of Israel. The Messiah of Israel gathers the exiles of Israel. Now we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verses 1 through 5. And these verses are quoted by Moses Maimon who's a rabbi of the Middle Ages, and he compiled Jewish law in a document known as Mishnah Torah. And he makes reference to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 5, as biblical evidence that the Messiah
Messiah is going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So let's look at these verses. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I've set before you, and you shall call them to mind among all nations where the Lord your God has driven you, and shall return unto the Lord your God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day. That means following his Torah, you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul. That then, when you return to the Torah, the Lord your God will turn your captivity, that is, end the exile, have compassion upon you, and will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you be driven out under the outmost parts of heaven, from there will the Lord your God gather you, and from there will he fetch you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you will possess it, and he will do you good and multiply you above your fathers. What period of time are we talking about when he's going to do for the exiles better than their fathers? We're talking about Yeshua setting up his kingdom and ruling and reigning in that kingdom. So the gathering uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel is associated with Messianic times. Now we're going to look at the book, I Await His Coming Every Day, page 14, written by Rebbe Menachem Schneerson. And we're going to look at the part of the book where Rebbe Schneerson is making reference to or quoting from Moses Maimonides' Mishnah Torah, and specifically in the Mishnah Torah, the laws of the kings, and in chapter 11 of the laws of the kings, which speaks of the laws concerning the Messiah. And so quoting from Moses Maimonides, Mishnah Torah, Laws of the Kings, chapter 11, part 1. In future time, the King Messiah will arise and renew the Davidic dynasty, restoring it to its initial sovereignty. He will rebuild the temple and gather in the dispersed remnant of Israel. It goes on to say, whoever does not believe in him or does not await his coming denies not only the statement of the other prophets, but also those of the Torah and of Moses, our teacher, for the Torah attests to his coming, that is, the coming of the Messiah, who will gather the exiles of Israel. And now he quotes from Deuteronomy in chapter 30, and the Lord your God will bring back your captivity, have compassion upon you. He will return and gather you from among all the nations, even if your dispersed ones are in the furthest reaches of the heavens. From there will God gather you in, and God will bring you to the land. And now the comment regarding Deuteronomy chapter 30 and the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel, Maimonides says, these explicit words of the Torah include all, or is a summary, of all that was said on this subject by the prophets. Part 4 of chapter 11 of the laws of the kings, which deals with the laws concerning the Messiah, that if a king will arise from the house of David or descended from David. And if he does a variety of things, including gathering in the dispersed remnant of Israel, gathering and uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel, Maimonides says he is definitely the Messiah. Not might, not maybe, but the Messiah will gather the 12 tribes of Israel. In John chapter 10, Yeshua is answering a question of the Pharisees that occurs at the end of John chapter 9, wherein they ask him, are we blind? So Yeshua's answer to them is in John chapter 10. And in John chapter 10, verse 11, Yeshua said, I am the good shepherd. When Yeshua said to the Pharisees, I'm the good shepherd, 
he is stating that he is the Messiah who gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel who are likened unto sheep who are scattered into the nations. And in cross-referencing this to Ezekiel in chapter 34 and beginning in verse 11, the one who gathers the exiles of Israel is Yahweh Elohim. So Messiah here is stating that he is the good shepherd. He is Yahweh Elohim that is going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeshua goes on to explain to the Pharisees in John chapter 10 verse 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. He's referring to the northern kingdom. He's speaking to the Pharisees or those of the southern kingdom or the house of Judah. And regarding the 10 tribes of the northern kingdom, he says, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. Hearing his voice means that they'll believe that he's the Messiah. Hearing his voice means that they will ultimately realize he's the lawgiver and follow his Torah. So Yeshua explains that there will be then one fold, that is the two sheepfolds, that is northern kingdom and southern kingdom. They will be one and have one shepherd, which Yeshua just said is himself. And then this is repeated in John chapter 11 verses 51 through 53, where it says, and this spake he not of himself, referring to Caiaphas, but being high priest that year, Caiaphas prophesied that Yeshua would die for that nation, referring to the house of Judah, the southern kingdom. But then verse 52 says, and not for that nation only. So Yeshua is dying for not only southern kingdom, but northern kingdom as well. And they are described this way, that he would gather together in one the children of God scattered abroad. So who are the children of God that are scattered abroad that the prophets tell us will be united and be one? It is the 12 tribes of Israel. So Maimonides explains in Mishnah Torah, the laws of the kings and the laws concerning the coming of the Messiah, that the Messiah will gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeshua himself stated that he is the good shepherd that's going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel, that he is going to be the good shepherd over in John chapter 10 and verses 11, 16 through 17. And this is repeated in John chapter 11 and verses 51 and 52. From the Zohar to Leviticus section 3, page 77a, it is explained that when the Shekinah is restored to its place, then we will have the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, that the Lord's name will be one. In other words, we will have the fulfillment of there being a unity between the upper world and the lower world. And also at this time, the name of the Messiah will be one with the name of Israel. So this is the concept that's being explained right here. It says, in time to come, God will restore the Shekinah to its place and there will be a complete union that is of the upper world and the lower world. It will be the fulfillment of Yeshua's prayer that he taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so then there's a reference here from the Zohar to Zechariah 14 verse 9. On that day, the Lord will be one in his name one. Next, we're going to look at Psalm 102 verse 13 and verse 16, which says, you will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is come. Then it says, when the Lord will build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. How is he going to appear in his glory? He's going to appear 
appear as the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, which is the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah. And when he appears in his glory, he's going to build up Zion, which is the gathering, uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel, meaning that the Messiah in his glory is going to be gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel by means of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And this is him building up Zion. Now, the building up of Zion is the building up of Jerusalem, which is the gathering, uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. We're going to cross-reference Psalm 102, verse 16. When the Lord will build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. With Psalm 147, verse 2, the Lord builds up Jerusalem, and building up of Jerusalem is the same as building up of Zion. And the building up of Jerusalem, Psalm 147, verse 2, is the gathering together the outcasts of Israel. So when is Israel going to be gathered? When the nations don't want anything to do with Israel or Jerusalem. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. I will restore health unto you. Health is the end of the exile. I will heal you of your wound. The wound is the exile, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeks after. So when the Lord builds up Zion, he will return in his glory. The building up of Zion is the gathering, uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. But in its fuller context, what is biblical Zion? Because Messiah's coming is associated with biblical Zion. Biblical Zion entails the following. Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel. Zion is a term for the land of Israel itself. We're told in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 3 that the Torah will go forth from Zion. Biblical Zion is the fulfillment of the covenant made with Abraham. Biblical Zion results in the end of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel. Biblical Zion is associated with the Messianic era. And biblical Zion is Yeshua the Messiah gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel and him dwelling with his people when he sets up his kingdom, when he rules from Jerusalem, and when his Shekinah covers the earth during that time. So biblical Zion is the unification of the people of the God of Israel, the 12 tribes, being one in back in the land of Israel with the Messiah of Israel ruling over them. Let's look at the scriptures regarding these things. Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel. Isaiah chapter 51 verse 16, the end of the verse, say unto Zion, you are my people. Zion is a term for the land of Israel itself. Joel chapter 2 verse 1, blow the shofar in Zion, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord comes, it is nigh at hand. Zion is a term for the land of Israel. Next, we're going to understand that Jacob is the inheritance of the God of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 9, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. So Jacob is the inheritance of the God of Israel, but the land of Israel is the heritage or the inheritance of the nation of Israel. Exodus in chapter 6 verse 8, and I will bring you into the land concerning which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it you for a heritage. I am the Lord. Psalm 135 verse 12, and he gave their land for a heritage, a heritage unto Israel, his people. Now, the Torah is 
is the inheritance of the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy 33 verse 4. Moses commanded us a Torah, even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. So Jacob's inheritance is the Torah and the land, and Jacob is the inheritance of the God of Israel. Therefore, we're going to see a unity between the God of Israel, Jacob, the land, and the Torah. And that is biblical Zion. So what is biblical Zion? It is the oneness. It is the unity of the people of the God of Israel, the 12 tribes, the land of Israel, who are following the Torah of the Messiah, who has gathered his people from the nations and is ruling and reigning over them and him setting up his kingdom. Yeshua dwells in Zion. And Isaiah in chapter 8 and verse 14, it is written, and he that is referring to the Messiah shall be a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel. So how is Yeshua the Messiah a stone of stumbling to both the houses of Israel? Well, while Christianity believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, they don't want to follow Messiah's Torah. And Judaism wants to follow the Torah, but they don't want to accept that Yeshua is the Messiah. Yet both Christianity and Judaism is looking for the Messiah to come in the end of days and to redeem his people. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 17. I will wait upon the Lord that hides his face from the house of Jacob and I will look for him. Who's looking for the Messiah? Both houses of Israel. Verse 18. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from Yahweh of hosts, which dwells in Mount Zion. Then Joel chapter 3 and verse 16. The Lord will roar out of Zion. Who roars? A lion. In Yeshua, Revelation in chapter 5 and verse 5 is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. As it is written, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So Yeshua is going to roar out of Zion. He's going to reveal himself to his people and to the world out of Zion. When he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel, doing so, leading them to the land by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And in doing so, Yeshua receiving glory and the name of the God of Israel being one. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9. Next, from the book, The Messiah Text by Raphael Patai on page 181. And the title of chapter 19 of his book is The Ingathering of the Exiles of Israel and the Return of the Shekinah. Therefore, there is an association being made between the end of the exile and the return of the Shekinah. And we are explaining to you how the exiles of Israel will return being led by the Messiah who is the Shekinah leading them by the cloud by day in the pillar of fire by night. One of the great themes of the messianic cycle is that of the kibbutz galiot, the ingathering of the exiles from the four corners of the earth. Ever since the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple by the Romans in the year 70, 
Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, Yeshua, the Shekinah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.